1: Yeah, so Sis will do this week. Um, this is the last week of his his block. And then we've got a couple of things in, in store after the bye where we'll have some reassessment, have a couple of meetings and have a good discussion around how it's been, what we've learnt. Um, and then it's likely to, to change hands in the second part of the year again. just after. So we play, obviously, Frere this week and then have the bye. So that'll be a chance for us to reset some of our leadership programs and, and have a look at what the second half of the season looks like.
0: That's the voice of our next guest, Sam Mitchell, speaking to the media about the leadership situation at Hawthorne. He joins us. Sam, thanks for your time.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Kane, Kingy.
0: Kingy, wanted to ask you about those comments.
1: Yeah, I
2: found that interesting, Sam. What does that mean? Is that there going to be a change in captaincy at the midpoint of the year or are you going to rotate? What does that mean?
1: Yeah, so we've been rotating. I mean, our aim for for this season with... Once we figured out that Ben McEvoy was going to be out for a substantial amount of time, it was really about building the capacity of some of our some of our players, and obviously a great way to do that is to, to lead the team on the weekend. And um, Jager and and Sis have done a good job up to this point, and um, they've both improved their leadership and capabilities, and we'll continue to do that in the second part of the year. So what we're looking to do though is just build our capacity as a group to, to lead on game day, because the best the best teams. Um, don't need the runner all that often because their players can do it, and we're looking to be one of those as we progress.
2: So, so you'll shift that role again? Do you think to other players, or you're looking to just nail down one captain going forward?
1: Um, oh, that'll be a discussion, and more likely it'll be moved around. I doubt. I don't think we'll have one captain for the rest of the season. I think we'll give some more exposure to some others. Um, we've probably got five or six in my in my thinking that would be capable. Would they be? perfect at it at this point? No not not just yet but uh, will they improve their leadership capability by having exposure to being captain on game day because um, for each person that does that there is a sense of responsibility in that game which some players thrive on and some players uh, have trouble with and that's a good, a good thing to find out now rather than later
0: You mentioned four or five, can I ask you who would be in the mix? Um,
1: I'm not sure if I well, I mean, there's some some older guys probably got a little bit of a mix. So you got guys like uh, Luke Bruce or Jack Gunston who've been around for a long time who could who could do that sort of role. Then there's probably some young up and comers, um, you know, Dylan Moore or Mitchell Lewis, players like that. And then um, the other the other ones would be some some mid range guys who've been around for a little while. A guy that you might know, um, so Jarman Impey. He's uh, he's a guy who brings a great amount of energy and joy to the the group and he would do it in his own way but i think he would have his own capabilities that would be pretty strong in different areas
0: i was disappointed to see mitch lewis he's out with a knee Uh, there's not a lot of details on the club website about that what's the issue and is it significant and something to keep him out long term or short term
1: no short term He got a um, fair bit of swelling in the knee and they're not really sure um where that came from so um, with a with a long longish flight and a swollen knee with a you know hundred kilo player it 's a bit risky uh, to push through that sort of thing. He probably could play, but we have the buy on the other side of this and if we, if we expose him to potential damage on a knee and, and something was to happen you 'd never forgive yourself, so we err on the side of caution and we 'd expect him to be back after the buy.
0: Can I ask you about how good he can potentially be and perhaps just starting to get noticed more so, but 27 goals for the year, he's at the perfect age of 23, looks ready to explode. Do you sort of share that view and did you think he could be this good?
1: That's a good question. I think he's probably ahead in his progression um, of where we thought he might be six months ago, but the best of him has been like what he's been able to play this year and the most pleasing thing with Mitch has been his level of consistency. So I think being a key forward, um, we're reasonably low for inside 50s, but his ability to compete consistently has been really strong and really pleasing. I think what's happened is he's had a couple of games where on the stat sheet he's only had you know, six or eight possessions, but he's still given us what we needed in that game, and that was great competition. I think there was a game two weeks ago where he was in 21 marking contests and wasn't beaten in any... So none he was outmarked zero times. So when you're getting consistency like that from a player, um, I think that you become a much more reliable teammate, and the players love to to kick it to him because they know that they we won't lose that contest.
2: Mitch, love talking with you every couple of weeks, and don't want to talk just Hawthorne. I want to ask you about the challenge of player harmony. How hard is it to to keep the 50 guys or the 45 guys? All in tune. I know they don't have great relationships with each and every one of them. There's different levels of, uh, of, of you know, I guess, friendship. unity and friendship. Mm. Uh, how do you see that as a challenge for the coach? And how do you how do you handle that?
1: Um, oh, it's not too much of a challenge for the coach. To be fair, I think that's very much left in the hands of the players. Um, I, I think every now and then there'll be a player who you know is a bit harder to get along with. He might not be as warm. Um, and he might need a bit of extra extra support to fit in. You know, might be from interstate or from a different background or that sort of thing. And making sure that our senior players recognise that he's an important part of a group and that he might take a little bit longer to fit in. I think if, you, if your senior players are, are bought into what you're trying to achieve, then they'll always do that. And by the same token, sometimes there's the really lovable character who's got a great big smile and makes everyone happy, um, but can pull one over you every now and then. So you've got to make sure that, you're at, you're at the right end of professionalism and joy. And I think sometimes those things are hand in hand and sometimes they're opposite and you need to find the, find the balance between having a professional environment but an environment that's still fun to go to.
2: I'm not going to ask you, did you get into fights with teammates? I'm going to ask you how many you got in because you were, you were that sort of sharp character. And how did you go? Did you hold your own is what I want to know.
1: Um, never had any fights um, away from the training track, thankfully, but... Um certainly got in a, got in a few Rick Ladson and I we got drafted together and every preseason we'd just have one or two scuffles which were still great mates, caught up with him uh, last night in fact but it was a great um, great era where you're having a good blue we had a pretty good scuffle at training uh, a couple of weeks ago so that's the sort of thing that happens in training and it and you're actually trying to get the players close to that point in training as often as you can to be fair. Mm. Uh your old
0: teammate Jordan Lewis I thought thought spoke very well about the issue relating to Melbourne. You played in four. Did you feel like there was a divide, be it true or not, or designed, or or whatever it is, did you ever feel there was a divide between the haves and have-nots, those that played and those that didn't?
1: Um, It's a a really good question. I think from some of the players that were in the have-nots, I think there was a feeling of that. Um, It Mm. certainly as a as a group, we were very, very strong to make sure there was no line, um, and to make sure that every player was part of it, and the the season gone is absolutely irrelevant to the current season, and I didn't see Jordan's uh, comments, but I imagine that he said something along those lines where, whether you played or didn't, it shouldn't come into your thinking, Um, and I'd be surprised if that was too often happening at any club. I think you always want to be as one, and you're always fighting off complacency. That's every, every yeah. club, every game, at every level, you're fighting against complacency.
2: Mm. We're going to talk about Essendon and Carlton, the big clash tonight later on, Mitch. I just want to get your thoughts. The game, or the night before when you play, the, before a big function, can you find a special effort and do you tap into that sort of, those sort of occasions as a coach in the build-up?
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure actually. I, I've been thinking about that myself. There's a couple of occasions we've had over this season. Uh, I can't remember what the first one was now, but uh, I didn't I didn't talk about the first one. And then last week, I made quite a big deal out of our two boys that played in the 250. So really, for me, it's a bit of trial and error. I lean on some of our more experienced coaches to see what they think. Certainly as a player, I wasn't overly motivated by um, individual accolades of any other person or the club's big picture things. It was very much task Orientated for me on a personal level, but I think some other players are quite driven around um, special occasions and big moments. So I think you have to you have to figure out what motivates your playing group and what's going to get the best out of them, and and look to try to do that. And I'm still I'm still finding my way with what gets the best out of our group.
0: Do you let Chad Wingard do whatever he wants, Mitch? I, I was some would say I'm too picky, but <laughs> I had I had a crack at him for. Um, questioning the courage. I think it was Ballard from Gold Coast after he kicked the goal and you were 40 points down. And then this week, Gary Lyon spoke about the fact of his premature celebration early in the first quarter. Do you, you speak to him about that or not?
1: Um, I mean, I don't want to go into too much about what we speak about. Certainly, I don't allow him to do whatever he wants, I think you said. But um, the, I mean, I, I really enjoyed his one on the weekend. I didn't think it was showboating. I think what, we have at our club is a real appreciation for what we've missed over the last couple of years with with fans, and I think I overheard you saying it was the lowest lowest fan base for yeah. 10 years or something in the game last night, so we want people coming to the footy, and when he does that to try to get the crowd involved in the game, I think that actually helps the game, it helps everyone that's there, and it makes you, you know, you're seeing that on TV, so different to you being one of those fans he's looking at when he does that, imagine mm. that feeling. And really, that's what we're trying to create. As a football club, we want people coming to our games. And the Hawks fans and the Hawks members this year have turned up pretty well, to be honest. I think we've actually increased our, our uh, people going to the games, which has been really pleasing. And I love having people in the, in the stands. So when he tries to get the, the crowd involved, I actually really like that. Um, they're playing for free kicks and stuff from last week. I'm not so much a fan of that, to be honest. We had a bit of a chat about that.
2: What, what's, who what type of player the most damaging player in the competition right now? Is it the absolute gun clearance midfielder? Is it the key forward? We've had the mid forward over the last couple of years come into vogue. We've had the intercept marker. In your in your opinion, after 13 weeks in the hot seat, what type of player is the hardest to either stop uh, from the opposition point of view or what are you missing? What would you love?
1: It's a great question. I mean, for, for us, the... The bullocking midfielder who wins endless number of clearances uh, would, be, would be where we would. That's probably our area of the greatest mm. need. Uh, but when you're, when you're scouting, I think there's a lot of players that are quite dangerous. Guys like Tom Stewart, who are this brick wall behind the ball, are really difficult to play against. Key forwards who are genuine marking targets are really tough to play against. And then you, any, any of your sort of centre forward types you know, the Dustin Martin role, they would always call it. But there's a few of those going around now. And the other one you probably didn't mention where we've had the most trouble, I think, if we went through who's got the votes against us across the course of the year, there'd be a lot of ruckmen um, involved in that. And so we've got a bit of a challenge with trying to create some parity around the middle of the ground just due to due to inexperienced ruck combinations.
0: And the challenge of Fremantle, uh, what's been keeping you up at night, although I don't mm. think is I think you sleep pretty well. You seem to be pretty relaxed, Mitch. But what's causing you you know, some, some thought uh, bubbles for this week against Freo?
1: Yeah, I think our forward, our forward line is um, going to be a little bit new this week. We obviously lose Mitch Lewis and, and Jack Gunston. So trying to work out how to get the best out of that forward group and kick enough goals to, to play well against them. Sean Darcy's a significant player. I, I remember my first year I went over to West Coast and watched this sort of kid that was... Pretty green, but he had this beautiful touch when he got his hand on the ball at a hit out, and I just remember talking to David Hale at the time, saying he's going to be a fair player. this kid, isn't he? And um, mm-hmm. he's become a really big star. And I mean, their midfield depth—they bring in Nat Fife, and uh, he's not the headline act that he used to be. He's still, obviously, going to be a superstar. But you know, they've got you know Brayshaw and these guys that are running through the middle of the ground. Sarong—they're very, very talented, talented group. So, getting enough supply is going to be a challenge for us tomorrow night.
0: Mate, thanks for your time. Good luck on the weekend. Go okay, well.
1: Yeah, no worries. Chats in a couple of weeks, see, you boys.
0: Outstanding as always. We appreciate the Hawthorne Footy Club and Sam for jumping on with us and giving us a fascinating insight into Hawthorne, but also more broadly, the aspects dominating the football media cycle. Freeman will take on Hawthorne uh, at 4-10 Melbourne time on Saturday afternoon.